Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Our Weekends Booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week's review is The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of author information like usual. This is Sarah Penner's debut novel. It's a New York Times bestseller. Um, She works full-time in finance. She's a member of the Historical Novel Society and the Women's Fictional Writers Association. Um, And a little tidbit that Brielle found was that this book is actually being turned into a series on Fox, which I'm kind of excited about. Yeah, I think this book would be a good, um, you know, book to film um, if it's a series or a movie, whatever. So hopefully they'll do a good job with it. Yeah, I think that they can do a lot with a book like this because of the plot about the apothecary killer and stuff like that. I think that it can be stretched out pretty far. Yeah, another thing that um, I had found, and I forgot to mention this to you before when we were kind of prepping, was this book actually won a Goodreads Choice Award for Best Historical Fiction and Best Debut Novel in 2021. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Okay, so um, interesting perspective in this book. We're kind of used to that dual perspective read where you have two characters with like alternating chapters. This one was actually like a tri perspective where we have three main characters and they kind of like alternated their chapters. Yeah, which, you know, I love a good dual perspective. And I would say this book started out as a dual perspective and then turned into a tri perspective when our third main character was kind of introduced. Yes. And it was um, three people, two timelines. One timeline was in 1791, and then your other timeline was in, like, what we'll say, present day. Yeah, so our first main character, which was in 1791, is Nella, and she is an apothecary who basically provides women with potions and poisons to, for lack of a better term, just kill their husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so to be fair... She didn't always start out like that. So she kind of inherited the apothecary from her mother, who was more along the lines of maybe like a midwife or she was trying to like help women, maybe those that, you know, couldn't afford like proper care, proper treatment. You know, she would give them, um, I guess, like spells or potions or what are they called? Tinctures? How do you say that? Tinctures. Tinctures, yeah. Um, So she would kind of like help them out like that. And then she obviously died, left the apothecary to her daughter, Nella. And Nella started out like that, but then she was wronged by a lover and kind of like lost her marbles a little bit. Yeah, there's no fury like a woman scorned. I mean, it was sad what happened to her. She was, she was tricked and, you know, without giving too much away, like she did lose a lot. And I guess it just, you know, turned like her heart against men in general. And she decided, okay, well now my apothecary is going to be focused on helping women basically like liberate from their husbands, whether their husbands were like cheating or lying or stealing or whatever it was, she was going to help them get away from them. And the setup that she had was very smart. She had like a 
basic storefront. It just looked like an empty place, right? But then there was a door in the back that opened up to the secret apothecary. So she had a barrel that women would leave letters in to make an appointment. And that's how she would get clients. What I really thought was crazy, though, is that she kept basically a black book of everyone that ever came to her. Yeah, and she kept everybody's name, exactly what they came for, the ingredients that she gave them, and pretty much, like, what the outcome would would be. Which, like, come on now. That was not smart. No, it wasn't. But without, you know, skipping ahead too far, in the end, we find out that she did it for a reason. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So our present day character will jump around a little bit. At the beginning, it's just Nella. And then our present day character, whose name is Caroline. And she's a young girl who's basically struggling to find herself and trying to escape the reality of like her failing marriage and the way her life is. And she decides that her and her husband are supposed to take this holiday together. She don't go with him. And she ends up going alone. So it's London, right? Where they go? Yeah, to London. Yeah, so she goes to London on her own to kind of try and clear her head, figure out what she wants. And on these double timelines, you have Nell's story of the apothecary. And then Caroline kind of stumbles into researching it at the same time, which I did like that aspect of it, where it was kind of like outlander you know where the girl goes back through the stone and she's in history and then jumps back forward like in between times you can kind of see in your head what's going on simultaneously if that makes sense no that does make sense that's a that's a very good way to describe it for um listeners who have seen or um, outlander um it, it is like almost exactly like that so caroline like you said kind of um, goes on this trip to London. It was supposed to be like her and her husband's anniversary trip. And, you know, a couple of days before they're scheduled to leave, she finds out that he's cheating on her. So she decides like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. I need some time to myself. I need to find myself. I'm going alone. So she kind of like starts to do things that she wouldn't normally do. And one of the things is, um, she goes, oh, what is it called? Uh, the, the Splunking? Thing- <laughs> is that what it is? I think that's what it's called, splunking. Um, in a river, and she finds, like, the bottle from the apothecary, and it kind of, like, sparks something inside of her, because she is a historian. She, um, you know, got a degree in, like, history, which she doesn't use. So... The, the story is kind of like about her struggle to find herself, find her way back to the things that like make her happy when for 10 years she's just been like doing everything to make her husband happy. So she finds the bottle and it leads her like on this um, historical search for where did the bottle come from, who put the bottle there, blah, blah, blah. And that's how those, um, the, the dual timelines start to play. Which I'm going to be quite honest with you. I could have probably done without her perspective in general. Um, not that it was terrible. I just, Nella's portion of the book was just more interesting for me. Did you find Caroline like kind of whiny? 
it just it just felt like listen you find out your husband's cheating on you after 10 years and you give up your whole entire life and work on your family's farm and are basically miserable to make him happy you're gonna be a bit whiny right but (laughs) at the the same time i felt like parts of her perspective just like dragged on a little bit or i found that there was parts that seemed completely irrelevant to what was going on yeah, I think if it had a stuck to, she found the bottle, she researched the bottle, she learned about the apothecary, she learned about the the murder mystery that was attached to all that, learned about Nella, you know, she didn't really get to learn about Eliza, but I think that would have kept it interesting, but I agree with you, like all the extra stuff, I just felt like it could have been left out. Now, I mean, at the same time, to play devil's advocate, I think the whole intention of, at least my thought is, the whole intention of putting her husband, Caroline's husband, James, into the story was to kind of show, because Nella's whole backstory, right, is that she's been scorned by this man, and now her apothecary is for poisons and potions for women to kill her husbands. Meanwhile, in present day, you have this woman who's going through, her husband's cheating on her, and she's finding this kind of stuff, so... It makes sense as to why she kind of had her in there and the all the extra stuff added. It was just something that I personally could have lived without. No, I, I agree with you. Like I liked some aspects of Caroline, but the majority of her story I just I just wasn't into. So then we have our third character who I'm gonna say is my favorite character in this book. Oh, I agree. And because I definitely agree. Yeah, and that is Eliza, and she's a young servant girl, and she lives with a family. The woman's name is Miss Amswell that she works for, and she's the sweetest lady. She describes her as, like, teaching her how to read, and she brushes her hair, like, treats her almost like she's her own daughter, really, and for that time. And she sends her to Nella to get a poison, you know, to kill her husband. Yeah, and Eliza's only like 12. <laughs> you know, here, here, little girl, go do my bidding for the day. <laughs> but she she means well because I think that she had some kind of ailment. Like, she couldn't really, like, write anymore. I don't, I don't really know if she had, like, what would be equivalent to, like, modern-day MS or something like that. Um, but she was in failing health, and I think she wanted to kind of, like, live out the rest of her life the way that she wanted to, and her husband was not going to have that. Yeah, well, most of these women that came to her, basically, their husbands had mistresses, and they were either killing the mistress or they were killing the husband. Oh, yeah, or they were also women who came from, like, situations where their husbands were, like, drunks and beat them or, you know, mistreated the children, so, I mean, in most of these situations, these women were validated in wanting to rid themselves of their husbands. Well, I mean, you have to think about 1791. Like, women were not treated as equals at all. Your basic job was to keep your husband happy. You know, they didn't really care if you were educated, weren't allowed to have jobs, like things like that. So, I can see how, you know, you have this mundane life where your whole existence is about making someone else happy and then they're going to step out on you at the same time or beat you and stuff. No, no, no. So Nella Nella to the rescue. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah throughout like this whole book you have those reoccurring themes of like like i said before women's liberation and like uh the rebellion of these women against their husbands and the revenge that they seek you know against their husbands or against the mistresses um that was just like over and over and it wasn't just in like the nella eliza perspective it was also in caroline's perspective because at one point her husband he comes to london she hasn't asked him to come he just you know, decides that he's going to come. His name is James. James is in London. And he kind of, like, tries to, like, take over her trip. And she's like, hold up a second. You know, I didn't ask you to come here. And I'm busy with a project that I have invested myself in. So you're just going to have to wait. Yeah, and it's crazy because when he gets there, he acts like he's sick. And she tells him. And this is kind of where I feel like the stories overlap. So she tells him that there is, a, you know, this medicine in her bag and it's supposed to be like rubbed on your chest and he drinks it. And so he gets violently ill for a few days and the police end up coming there thinking that she's poisoned him because they find her notebook with her research in it. So I think that's kind of where Nella's story and Caroline's story overlap. Yeah, because at this point, this story of this apothecary murderer was known throughout London, but it was never solved, right? Yeah, they never solved it. Because they they call her the apothecary killer, I think. And they find out later, like towards the end of the book, that she has an accomplice, which we know as Eliza, but they never figure out who they are. And I think does I think Caroline figures it out. Yeah, she does. But that's like the the Cliff Notes version of that. But <laughs> there's so much stuff going on in this book. I mean, Eliza is just like my favorite. I mean, she's this 12 year old girl. She has no fear. She is going to do anything possible to survive. She wants to be Nella's apprentice, if you will, call it that. And yeah, because after um, Miss Amswell's husband dies, she like goes to the countryside to like visit her sister or something, some type of family member. And she leaves Eliza there. And Eliza, you know, being 12 is scared to death that her, the, the husband is going to like come back as a ghost and haunt her. So she kind of like remembers where Nella's storefront is and goes to her and is like begging her, please let me stay here. I'm scared. The ghost is going to get me. Um, you know, let me, you know, apprentice under you. And I think at this point, this is when you start to realize that Nella lost her mother and then she lost the love of her life. So she is not about like letting anybody else in, but she also kind of sees Eliza as, like, a little girl with no mother, and I think she kind of, like, feels bad for her, and against her better judgment, she, like, lets her hang around a little bit. Yeah, and she's definitely not forward at the beginning. She, like, tells her multiple times, like, no, 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 you cannot be here, and all this stuff, and then she has a woman named Lady Clarence that shows up while Eliza is still there, 
and I think this is how Eliza gets to stay, if I remember correctly, that Lady Clarence shows up while Eliza's still there, and Eliza ends up making her tea while she's talking to Nella. And then Lady Clarence wants Nella to let Eliza work with her on her particular stuff. Yeah, and Lady Clarence is, like, the beginning of the end of the apothecary, in my opinion. I would agree. I mean, she she's very, like, high in society, um, very well-known. So, I mean, with a person like that, Nella even says this throughout the book. Like, when you have somebody who is high standing in society that when they come to you, it's a lot different than your just average Mary down the street. Because somebody like that, if they lose their husband, you know, investigations are done. The police are going to look into it further. Um, It's, it goes noticed as the other women who were coming, like nobody noticed when somebody would die. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that Lady Clarence, I mean, her whole situation was crazy. Her husband was sleeping with his cousin. Yes, and she was very careless. And instead of taking care of the situation herself, like all these other women did, she, like, pushed it off on a servant in her house and basically got snitched on. And that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, and that circles back to um, the book that you were talking about, like the Black Book. hmm Because Nella could have easily closed up shop. She could have, like, left, you know, left London with Eliza. They could have went wherever. I mean, she, she was not rich by, by any means, but, I mean, she had skills. So they could have, like, relocated, you know, and started over someplace. But she was, like, hell-bent on keeping that book. She did not want to burn it. Like, Lady Clarence wanted her to burn it. Eliza mentioned, you know, just get rid of it. And she was like, I can't. And her reasoning was that all of these women, that was, like, the only notoriety that they had ever had in their whole lives was in that book. Yeah. That was, was like, basically, like, their claim to fame. And she didn't want to take that away from them. Yeah, I mean, and it was also something that they talk about at the beginning of the book. Like, her mother started that. And that was, like, the one thing that she continued to do. Yeah, it was, like, the one thing that kind of, like, stayed innocent, I guess. You know, because everything else kind of turned nefarious. And, and that was, like, still the same. Like, like her mom intended it to be. Yeah, I mean, overall, I really I really did enjoy this book. I, I can't remember what I rated it on Goodreads, but it was a great debut novel for a writer for sure yeah i i think i gave it three stars and i think i didn't give it that extra star like to make it four stars because of caroline and like we said this before but in my opinion if caroline like really had a poisoned her husband like maybe she found like one of nella's recipes and you know you know, mix something up for James and, like, actually poisoned him. I thought that would have, like, made it a little bit more interesting. Um, but that's the only reason I gave it three stars, which is because her, because she was just a little too annoying for me. Yeah, I think that if they do end up making an actual series out of this, that they'll definitely probably make her 
it'll be a little bit more interesting, I think, to see it rather than read it, if that makes sense. Oh, no, no, I agree with that completely. And and I don't, like, I would recommend this. Like, I mean, your grandma read it, right? Yeah, and she really liked it. Yeah, like, it was good. It, it was something different, not something that um, we normally read. I wouldn't really call Nella, like, a witch, but kind of gave you a little bit of witchy vibes. Yeah, so, I could see that. So a little bit different. A little yeah. bit different for us. Yeah, I mean, and I... I'm I'm kind of glad I feel like this year we've really had a good mix of different genres of books that we've been reading. Yeah, we're trying to branch out and just, you know, not just do like straight fantasy. I am proud of us. <laughs> you know, working on that 152 book TBR over here. <laughs> that expands somehow. <laughs> but needless to say, um, I, I definitely would recommend this book. I think, like you said before, it'll be interesting when it's adapted to, you know, film. And um, I would not be opposed to reading her other book. It's called, I think, like the London Seance Society or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely read some more of her works. I, I like her writing style a lot. It's very easy to read. Um, it doesn't really get slow in any parts. There's constantly things going on. So, I, I mean, I think I, we read this book in maybe a day and a half. It, it's not, a, I mean, it's over 300 and something pages, but I felt like it was a quick read at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, if you, um, you know, listeners, if, you, if you're interested, definitely check out Sarah Penner and this book for sure, The Lost Apothecary. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 22. If you enjoyed, give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to. And share with your friends. Check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore booked. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.